Welcome to the Sales Management Podcast, your source for actionable sales management strategies and tactics. I'm your host, Corey Bray from Coach CRM. No long intros, no long ads. Let's go. The topic today is around trials and pilots. And I'm talking about this primarily from a software perspective. So that's the default. But if you're not in the software business, it's really about letting your prospect or customer try before they buy or try a little bit before they buy more. And let's talk a little bit about why that matters. Think in your head, close your eyes for a second. Lean back in your chair. Look up into the sky. All right, I'm not a psychologist. But close your eyes and, and think about if someone came up to you and said, What's a synonym for a salesperson? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Add a couple, two, three more. What are some synonyms for salespeople? I'm sure everybody out there is thinking consultative individuals who diagnose a specific problem that actually needs to be solved and present a fair and honest proposal at a reasonable price. That's not what most people think when they hear the word salesperson. When we ask this question, oftentimes there's some negative answers that come up. Some are quite nasty. I'm not going to repeat them here. You've got those in your mind. People distrust salespeople. If the salesperson is sitting there with their company logo on their shirt and they're telling you that their company is the best, do you trust them? Absolutely not. I mean, think about other things. What brands do we trust? Well, we probably trust Ford, Chevy, Toyota, Tesla, whatever type of car you like, you still test drive it. I know people have driven Fords their whole life and they say, I'm going to go down and test drive the new F-150. By default, it's probably better than the last F-150, but they're still going to test drive it. People want to know that it's the right fit for them. And it's it's challenging to take a salesperson's word at, at face value, especially when it comes to things that are in the more business-to-business context. So in a, in a business-to-business context, let's talk about buyers. For a business-to-business buyer, they're typically making decisions on an infrequent basis to buy things that they may have never bought before or they might've bought them once or twice. Think about your product. Think about the person that signs the contract for your product. How many times in the history of the world do you think that this individual that you're thinking of has bought something that is is very similar to your product or service? The answer is probably not many. It may be the first time. And going down from the person that signs the contract, it might maybe the person that signs the contract isn't your day-to-day point person during the evaluation process. How many times has somebody like this raised their hand and said, hey, boss, team, committee, whoever they have to go report to, we should do this and I'm staking my career on it infrequently, if ever. Plus, you've got somebody that's doing something infrequently that may have never done it before. They may have never bought a product or service like your company's, and then they're going out and putting all of their political capital in line. Not all of their political capital. Well, if they're buying an ERP system or something gigantic, they may be, because if that doesn't work, they're going to be in the hot seat. If it's something that's more transactional, smaller value, if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. But you've got somebody who is infrequently or never has made this decision before with a high stakes situation on their hands. Why would they just trust the salesperson? They won't. They might. But the default assumption for a lot of products and services is that people want to try it. And try it could mean many things. It could mean that they want to take an an in-depth demo. They want to see it. They want to ask some questions about how it really applies to their business. Who else have you worked with like us? We're different. 
Every company thinks they're different. They're not. Not going to go down that rabbit hole today. But they want to they want to see it. And, and oftentimes a demo is good enough. They've got a, a baseline understanding of, of what your product or service does. They can visualize that applied to their business. And most companies that they're buying from, hopefully your company, has enough customers and case studies, customer stories, and social credibility out there that it's not like they're buying from a completely unknown entity. And they can they can rely on that to some extent. But when it comes to higher stake situations where people might trust less, they might want to do a trial or pilot. And I, I use the words trial and pilot interchangeably. I think that sometimes a trial could be something that's viewed more as free and a pilot could be something that's more paid, but let's, let's ignore those. I think for, for the rest of today, I'm just going to call it a trial because that's, that's pretty common language and there's free trials and there's paid trials. Let's just agree on that language, handshake, moving on. Let's let's look at the the types of agreements that we could enter into here before trial. Yeah, I said agreements before trial. Now, if you have a free trial on your website, this doesn't apply off the cuff. We'll come back to that later. And what I'm talking about is a structured trial where they talk to a salesperson, they say, you know, we really want to try this. Or maybe the salesperson suggests that they that they try it. The first question is, who can approve a pilot or who can approve a trial? So you already broke my rule. Who can approve a trial at the customer, at the prospect? Is this different than who can sign a contract? It might be. Oftentimes, people that have less purchasing authority can put a trial into place. Try it out. Let's see if it works. If you've got a, a buyer, a contract signer who's a vice president, maybe the director or the manager could even come in and approve a trial. Now, I'm not saying start there. I'm not saying only work there. My point is that you might not need as much political capital to get a trial started as you would if you were going to do a financial transaction. So there might be more people that can approve a trial. That's one reason to, to consider this. Another reason why trials work really well, especially for products where there's lots of users, is that once people get the product, they get access to it, they use it, they like it, and that trial period ends, well, they have two options. They can buy, or they've got this thing that they liked, and it's taken away from them. It's harder to get them off of it. So at this point, you've got an individual who's had success during the, the trial period, and they've got to say, well, it's not worth the financial or human capital commitment to move forward with a contract. So we've got to give up something that we've already been using, that we already like, that already works. So that's one piece of it. Now, the downside is if, I guess, downside if your sales sales team, if they don't like it, if they don't find use in it, then you're not going to get a sale. Well, if you got that sale without the trial or pilot, they wouldn't be successful long-term. They'd probably churn after you or not buy more from you if you're a product company or a service company. This really helps you enter their organization, potentially for free, potentially paid, and, and make it a little, a little sticky. And pilots don't need to be free. See, I'm breaking my rules, going back and forth between trials and pilots. Again, the language doesn't matter. The The trials don't need to be free. They can be paid. They can be free. It depends on your business. I'm not going to draw any clear lines in the sand today. Either one works. And, and you can even have multiple options. I, I think that if the, the land and expand motion of, okay, let's get one of your teams on it. Let's get one of your divisions on it. Let's get one of your locations on it. And then evaluate it for three, six, 12 months, whatever it is, and decide if it makes sense to expand to, to other places. That's an amazing way 
to get a paid trial into place and then use internal social proof as you've had success with people that work for the same company as the others that you want to sell to in the future. Now, a lot of what we're talking about, my, my co-founder at Coach CRM, Hillman Sori, he always says, insert a step to create velocity. A lot of you don't sell products and services that are one meeting closes. Takes several meetings, several people, takes time to get deals done. One way that works to create more velocity in a sales process is to insert a step. And this trial may be a step. If you've got folks that are skeptical, if you're the right solution or that a solution, any solution is going to work or that that prioritizing solving this problem is the, is the right thing to do, that potentially inserting the step of a trial could be the first step to get there. So let's, let's talk about what that looks like. I like to use trial agreements, something written on paper. And there's, there's two types. One is a signed agreement. And this signed agreement could be for money. It could be for $0. Why do, why do we want to sign agreement? Well, that shows some level of commitment. Somebody that has the authority or at least is brave enough to sign a document is committing to doing this, this trial, which sends a signal that it's something that they're taking seriously. Or if you've got an individual that either doesn't have the authority to do it, or they might, but they'd have to get approval from legal or financial procurement, even for $0, they don't want to mess with that. We can do a memo memorandum that accomplishes the the same thing as the signed agreement. And we're going to walk through what I like to use as as components of this in a second and feel free to amend it for whatever makes sense for your business. Getting this on paper and thinking about the sales process, it could happen as, as early as at the end of the first meeting, probably not, maybe the second meeting, but early earlier on in the sales process, get this stuff on paper. And so there's agreement and it helps you hold your prospect accountable. Now the prospects don't work for you. It's, it's not like you can hold them accountable to, you, you must buy because you said so. That doesn't work well. But if they make specific commitments, a lot of times they'll follow through with them, especially if you've done a good job in discovery and have really uncovered a, a specific pain point that they want to solve. I'm going to run through a bunch of items that I like to have in this trial document. If you want a copy of these words on paper, shoot a note at to free stuff at coachcrm.com, free stuff at coachcrm.com. First piece is overall mechanics. What's the start date of the pilot? What's the end date? What's the launch date? And launch date and start date might be the same depending on how complex your solution is. But we want to make sure that we've got those dates very clear so this pilot doesn't drag on forever. That's not good. See, I keep saying pilot, trial, same thing, whatever. Start date, end date, launch date. What are the parameters? And then within that, what are the check-in dates? When are we checking in to check on progress? And this what, what I'm talking about right now specifically is a, an agreement. I would also have internal check-in dates. So these are external check-in dates when you're actually meeting with somebody at the prospect to, to check in on progress. And if this is a two-week trial, these are you might have one of these, maybe two. If it's something where you're running it for a year for a bigger type of sale or purchase, then these could be monthly, probably not quarterly. I'd probably do more frequently than that. Just keep an eye on it. But your internal check-ins might be more frequently so you can review usage, engagement, whatever it is that, that matters to you. And then in addition to that check-in date, what's that last check-in, the review of the progress? What did we accomplish during the trial? And then finally, from a mechanics perspective, I like putting price in there up front just so they know if it's successful, here's how much it costs. Because if they don't know that, then, well, what if, what if there's no way the company would pay that? You just wasted all your time. So getting that out there, 
front and center, especially in a world where there's a, a signed agreement and the signed agreement can be for $0 and it can explicitly say nothing here requires any further commitment from the, the prospect. That's fine, but just socializing it. So everybody's on the same page and it's not a surprise in terms of how much it costs. So we've got those pilot mechanics, three other things to look at. One is participants, who will be involved and in what capacity? Is there an executive involved? Hopefully. Who's going to be managing the overall trial? If it's something that is a hands-off type product, like an API integration, then, then maybe there's just one person managing it and it just works. Or if it's something where there's a, if it's a software product with a user interface, there might be a lot of people that are jumping in there. So who are all these people and what is their capacity? Next, success criteria. What specifically will be measured and what indicates success? Tie this back to the pain that was uncovered during discovery. And if your team's not doing great discovery, this is where it's going to show up. You're going to have all these stalled pilots. You're going to say, oh, look, boss, I had a great month. I got seven trials started. Woohoo. Okay. Well, let's, let's walk through each one of those and let's dig deep into what specific are we solving for? What's the pain? Why does it matter? depending on whatever sales methodology you use, ensure that the exit criteria that should have been met prior to engaging in the trial have been met. And then the success criteria are your exit criteria coming out of the trial. Getting the prospect to agree to success criteria is great because then they're working together with you. In sales, by default, a lot of times folks find themselves, imagine sitting across the table from someone and negotiating. Well, that's, that's not collaborative. That's not problem solving. A well-structured trial can then move that prospect to the same side as the table as a salesperson. So they're collaborating. They're working together. They're on the same team because the person at the prospect has a pain point or several that need to be solved. And they think they have a hypothesis that the salesperson's product or service can do that for them. And then the, the trial is the way to, to vet that. And then the last piece is the, the next steps. If, if the success criteria are met, what specifically happens next? And we talked about price already, but what are those, what are those next steps? And knowing this helps forecast, well, who, who definitely needs to be involved? Who needs to put eyes on this? For next steps, maybe legal needs to look at contracts or procurement needs to do something or finance needs to be involved to some extent. You know, the, the thing I usually see that works well is you get halfway through the trial and you start setting up next steps. Well, hey, the trial's going well. Cool. Let's get that that draft template agreement in front of the legal group and make sure they don't have any issues with it. So don't wait till the end. That's the other, the other big piece here. It's not, oh, it's day 30 of a 30-day trial. Uh, what's next? Really getting ahead of that. Maybe 14 days into a 30-day trial, 15 days, wherever the weekends fall, start working on it and see if we can push this thing forward. So that way, Maybe there's no interruption service. They say, okay, this is something we're going to do. And since it's been socialized, since you've gotten to the point of a signed document or a memorandum that's been circulated across at least some level of management, you got a much better chance as opposed to what some people do, which is start, stop. They start the trial. Oh, it's done. Now what? Well, I'm going to tell everybody else about it. Well, if other people don't know about it, it's just going to be the start, stop game. And it can still get deals done. It's just going to stall velocity and really negatively impact people's ability to forecast. And if that happens, then we go back and then we discount because, you know, you've got people on your team that are asking for end of quarter, end of month, end of year, whatever it is, discounts. And that's, if this is the situation, it's just poor sales execution. And the, the best sales managers out there are the ones that have the fewest unforced errors. 
they're executing, their teams are executing, they're being coached to execute. And it doesn't require the manager coming in and super closing and doing the people's jobs for them. We've talked about this on the podcast before. If you're doing someone's job for them, the people that struggle love it. And the people that are really good hate it because high performers don't like their boss doing their job for them. Okay. Last thing on this, on this trial agreement, I learned this a long time ago. I like to do one extra thing, which is at the bottom, put a checkbox that says we have the right to use the prospect logo and marketing materials. And that is there for one reason and one reason only for them to remove it. Because whenever someone's reviewing an agreement, they've got to have something to edit. Just give them a softball. And so they can go back and have their win. If you've got an in-house attorney that's reviewing this, you're like, oh, well, I can't believe they're asking for the logo for a trial. We're going to get that out of there. Fine. Don't care about it. We're not doing a session on negotiation today, but whenever uh, we're going in with an ask, it's always wise to start with a greater ask than you actually want. Give them something they can take out. So the the right to use the prospect logo and marketing materials. Well, that's what we've got here for this trial agreement. And again, they can be signed. They can be not signed. They can be for money. They cannot be for money. If we've got clear understanding up front, have some good check-ins throughout, understand what happens coming out of the agreement and all other exit criteria are met throughout the sales process with the exit criteria being defined as what must happen in order to move this deal to the next stage. And you've got a, a sales process that's more buttoned up. And as a manager, that makes you look good because your forecast is going to be more accurate. Your team, they're likely going to close deals at a, at a better rate, better chance of hitting their goals because they're on top of their stuff and they've got, they're doing the right things. They're executing with strong, sound fundamentals. And if you see them steer from that, that's where coaching is the thing that's going to move the needle. What's the problem? Are they not using these types of structures? Are they not getting agreement in advance of the trial? Are they not getting it from the right people? Are they not trying to create velocity towards the middle of the trial? And so it can move on to that next step. What is it? What's the problem? What's the root cause of the issues that the people on the team have? Or is everything stalling because they don't do a good job of discovery in their first meeting and they haven't clearly identified the pain to be solved and it hasn't been articulated by the prospect. Maybe that's what it is. And that's why things are stalling. So the better the managers can get at diagnosing the root cause of the problem that might be creating stalled deals around the trial phase and coaching those, man, that's magic. I love it. And that's, that's what we spend a lot of our time at Coach CRM working with people on. Well, we, we appreciate your time today. This is, this is fun. I love, I love trials. If you want to get a copy of this trial agreement, shoot a note to free stuff at coachcrm.com and we'll flip it over to you. And until next time, this is the sales management podcast. I'm your host, Corey Bray, co-founder of coachcrm, coachcrm.com. Thanks.